0: Hi. Welcome to the show, Be Convinced, where I share life-changing stories of hope with you so that you can get a big dose of hope in just 30 minutes. I'm your host, Soraya Diasi-Kofeld. I'm an Ivy League educated lawyer, a former judge, small business owner, children's author, wife, and mother who's passionate about helping to improve your life and convincing you that there is indeed hope for a better future for ourselves and our children. Because of my diverse education and life experiences, I'm able to bring to you a wide variety of guests from children to millennials to senior citizens, all of whom share their heartfelt, life changing stories of hope to inspire and motivate you. Each story is told by ordinary people just like you and me who went through different challenges in their lives and have been able to overcome them. In each story, we share thought provoking concepts some of which you may want to incorporate into your own life, as well as resources for you to consider, all to inspire and motivate you to be more hopeful. Mother Teresa once said that one person alone cannot change the world, but one person can cast a stone across the water to create many ripples. I would like my podcast to do just that, create many ripples through many lives, including yours, as we hope for and achieve better. Please subscribe to my podcast on your favorite podcast platform. It's easy. Just click a button and it's free and you will get all my new episodes to keep you encouraged and filled with hope. This is episode 162. My guest is Dr. Vermel Green, an author, educational consultant, teacher trainer, mentor, and a homeschool grandparent. She has experience of 50 plus years as an educator and school administrator. Dr. Green firmly believes that the way a child learns is affected by the child's gender. Since boys learn differently than girls, they should be taught differently, but unfortunately they often aren't. The result is that many boys are not succeeding in school as they should be, and that affects their entire education and ultimate success in life. She established the organization Sacred Boys which is dedicated to assisting those who educate boys and young men through a Christian centered lens and provides many resources to help them. We had a fascinating discussion about this subject and her book titled, Teach Me Like I'm a Boy, 10 Steps to His Success in School and in Life. If you are the parent or grandparent of a boy. And if you are involved with Educating Boys, you will definitely benefit from this podcast. Please stay tuned. My passion has always been to spread the love of books and promote the importance of literacy in a child's life. My passion inspired me to write a series of five faith-based children's books about our favorite holidays from a Christian's perspective, Easter, Fourth of July, Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Christmas. My books are filled with colorful illustrations and lots of humor because children love to laugh. All proceeds from book sales go to the Nonprofit Foundation as the Stars of the Sky Foundation to help promote literacy. To purchase my books, please visit asastarsofthesky.org or your favorite online bookseller. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on another episode of Be Convinced, where we share life changing stories of hope. And as you know, my guest today is Dr. Vermel Green, and we are going to be learning quite a bit from Dr. Green. She's an author, educational consultant, a teen teacher trainer mentor, a homeschool parent. And what she's teaching about is really a unique message for many people. And that's how boys learn differently than girls. So a quote from Dr. Green is, young men who are not restrained by a strong sense of morals, knowing, feeling, and doing what is right, have enormous potential to do damage. And then welcome, Dr. Green. And I could say just the opposite as well, right?
1: Yes, absolutely. Soraya, first of all, thank you for having me. It's a joy to be with you to talk about my favorite subject our boys.
0: Yes. And I just love your message because I'm a mother of two sons, and I've seen it happening in my son's education and other young men or boys that my sons uh, were friends with. And it's very sad about how boys aren't being taught according to how they are best able to learn. So, Uh, Dr. Green, you have such a uh, uh, fascinating background, and I would like to tell the listening audience I had a chance to meet you at a homeschool convention in June in Richmond, Virginia, and I went up to Dr. Green and I said, I need to have you on my show. So I'm so excited to have you. So thank you so much for being here and tell us about your background before we start going into what you will be talking about.
1: I'm a lifelong educator, Soraya. I started teaching in 1974 <laughs> and even before then um, as a teacher, tutor. But one of the things that I noticed throughout my career was that boys weren't doing as well as the girls, especially <laughs> towards the 90s. Um, I would look into as a assistant principal, I would walk the halls and I'd look into the special education classes and I saw mainly boys and yes. the gifted classes, mainly girls. And I thought, well, what's going on? And then I would just look at the children that got suspended or in trouble and they were mainly boys. So, you know, even though I had never been taught that boys learn differently than girls, I knew that something was wrong. And after doing some research, I discovered that, wait a minute, we're just not teaching boys the way that they learn. And not just that, that the way that you learn is affected by your gender. The male brain is made differently, structurally, processing differently than the female brain that there are different hormones in male and female brains that affect our behavior, affect our learning. When I retired from public school, I I came to my pastor with all these statistics about how our boys were in crisis. They were at the top of suspension rates and at the bottom of test scores, the prison rates, homicide rates, you know, Mm -hmm. all against our boys. And so- he had a real heart for our men. So he said, let's go, let's do it. So I opened a school for boys where we can teach them the way that they learn best.
0: Yes. And mentioned that you not only had experience in as a public school administrator in one level or one group of ages, but you had experience throughout various levels. So tell us about your experience in the various levels. So so the listening audience can understand you have such a breadth of background.
1: Exactly. I started teaching in high school uh, and I taught biology. And the main question that I had about the children there is that many of them couldn't read. Yes. Or I would yeah. say to one person, you know, they would look at a word like you know chlorophyll or Arthropoda. And I would say, well, sound it out. And they would look at me and say, sound it out. What does that mean? Sound it out. And I realized that they had not been taught how to read phonetically. That children for the past, oh, 50, 60 years have been taught through what's called whole language you know, memorizing words. And that didn't work in biology. You can't memorize arthropoda and chlorophyll. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So at high school, I even saw them not doing well. Then from high school, I didn't want to teach anymore. And I left teaching and I went to work for a company called Xerox Corporation. But after about four years, I was back teaching. I was teaching customers. (laughs) how to use computers and word processors and this kind of thing. I came back to teaching and didn't stay long. I came back to a middle school this time. And I said, oh, my goodness, middle school, hormone haven, puberty, my goodness. (laughs) Um, And I was in middle school for some years, um, became an administrator, was transferred to high school, again, as an administrator. And then my final assignment was at the elementary level. And then I was still teaching courses, even in college, community college to teachers, postgraduate. So my experience goes all the way from kindergarten up to postgraduate school.
0: Yes. And you also have a PhD in Christian education. So tell us about what you studied in college and then
1: onward. Well, in college, as I said, I used to teach biology, so I was a science major and with a minor in education, but I really wasn't satisfied with being in the classroom. I thought I wanted to do more, so I went back to school, went to GW, and got my master's in guides and counseling. I said, oh, I'll be a counselor. Yes, yes. And then I realized that my idea of counseling wasn't to sit there and let you, as Carl Rogers say let you self-actualize. My idea of counseling was, you know, come in, sit down, take notes. This is what you need to do. Yes. And that really wasn't the way you're supposed to do guidance and counseling. So I said, well, maybe I'll be an administrator. So I went to University of Maryland and, and got my certification in supervise, uh, supervision and administration. And fortunately, At that time, no jobs opened up, and that's when I went to work for Xerox. But when I came back to teaching, um, I didn't stay in the classroom long. I was eventually promoted to coordinator and dean and principal and assistant principal. So I kind of did administrative kinds of things as well. And it wasn't until I retired when I started my own school and became the founding principal of Sacred Life Academy for boys.
0: Yes. And at what period of time did you attend the International Seminary to get your PhD?
1: I started International Seminary and I kept starting and stopping and starting and stopping. And it was many years because I was trying to at one time, I was a single parent. Then there I was. I was a assistant principal and then principal, and I kept starting and stopping. And I just loved the administration at International Seminary because they let me come back. I didn't yes. lose credits, <laughs> but finally, in summer of 20 must have been 2017, finally I got to walk. And oh, I think I practically danced across that stage.
0: (laughs) Yes, yes. And you didn't give up, and that's what's important. Uh, Oh, I didn't didn't give up and you earned your PhD, yes. Yes.
1: I was just gonna say they wouldn't let me give up.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well that's great. That's great. It took a while, but you persevered and you achieved it. And then you established more recently your own company and it's all based on Sacred Boys and the importance of teaching boys and young men, according to their gender. And you mentioned before that you had established private school, or would it have been connected with your church before?
1: It was, it was a Christian school founded by me, but our church served as its covering. Our school was housed in the church. Mm -hmm. And our pastor, of course, was the overseeing ward of the school as well.
0: Yes. And when we did our pre-podcast chat, you mentioned to me about how you first started getting into studying about how boys learn and why boys have been falling back as far as education. So tell us about that.
1: Well, as I said, it wasn't until I was at the elementary level that I saw where the problems began. Because as I said, I started at the high school level. We just blamed the middle school teachers. And then when I was at the middle school level, we just blamed the elementary teachers that they weren't doing what they need to do. But in the elementary school, that's when I saw the problems really starting. Number one problem was the way they taught reading. I sat in to observe a first grade reading teacher. And she said, all right, students, open your books. Follow along with me. The dog is in the, you don't know that word? Well, look at the first letter, look at the last letter, look at the picture. Can you guess what that word is? And I sat there and said, Can you guess what the word is? Look, is that how they teach the children how to read? Because I never knew at the high school and middle school level that they weren't teaching at least the way I had learned, which was good old fashioned phonics. Yes. In fact, when I came through school, My grandmother had taught me how to read even before I started school. She taught me the way she had learned. Even with her eighth grade education, she taught me about phonics, how to sound out the letters. But when I went to school back in the 50s, I'm telling my age. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) The students were reading Dick and Jane books. See, Dick, run. Run, run, Dick. Run, run, Jane. And what they were teaching children was memorizing words by repeating them over and over. Mm-hmm. So when I went to school already knowing how to read, and I'm listening to Dick and Jane books, and I'm like, you know, well, where are the real books? What, read something else other than spotting and Dick and Jane. Yes. <laughs> yes. And that has continued over the decades. And that, how does that impact, though, boys? Because boys, their memories aren't... Well, and, and and I'm speaking in generalities, you know, yes. everyone is different. But boys having to look at a word and not sound it out into pieces, but look at a whole word and commit that to memory. And that would be fine if English only had maybe a few thousand words, you know, you can memorize mm-hmm. them. But when you have a language that has thousands and thousands of words, the human brain just, you know, the capacity just isn't there to memorize them all. So with boys whose capacity to memorize and doesn't happen quite as quickly as girls, not that boys can't learn, but it's just that in the younger level at uh, younger ages, their brains ha- haven't developed to that point in the language centers. So yes. already he's operating at a disadvantage when he's starting school and they have you memorizing all these words and and, and he just wants to play. He wants to crawl and <laughs> jump, but the teacher wants him to sit still and listen to these Dick and Jane stories. You know, So that's going to impact boys rather than teaching them how to read phonetically, sounding out words, putting sounds to the letters, learning phonemics and phonemic awareness. But as things happen in education, the tables are starting to turn where they realize that we have a nation of illiterate young people. Yes, yes. So they're starting now to implement something called the science of reading, where Mm -hmm. it's got phonics and phonemic awareness and vocabulary and all the things that go into actually teaching a child to read. So uh, hopefully it's going to help our boys. It's definitely going to help our girls as well.
0: And you mentioned that what you also observed, especially in elementary school, were the high number of boys who were in suspension.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. They just weren't being taught the way they learned. So they would act out. Teachers expected them to act like the girls, to act like, you know, to to please them and be cooperative. And boys just aren't made that way. That oxytocin hormone in the female brain, which dominates, you know, makes us want to bond and please and and help. It's just not there in the in the levels in boys as it is in girls. So the boys who weren't being challenged who weren't being taught in the way they learned, they just say, well, you know, I'm just going to tune her out and I'm just going to play. And unfortunately, that doesn't work.
0: Yes. And they end up in suspension. And I mentioned to you, one of my sons, when he was about nine years old, he kept asking the teacher to give him more challenging work. And her, instead of doing that and communicating with me and my late husband, his parents, trying to get organized for my son some more challenging work, she labeled him as a problem child. And we eventually had to move our son out of that school. So it is a real problem. And I saw it with a lot of other parents of boys. And as I mentioned, and I love to go into schools, my big uh, promotion, I'd love to talk about literacy. So we're talking about the same thing. My passion is literacy. And I talked to parents about especially parents of boys, about how they can get their sons to enjoy reading more and to, to develop that love of reading more. So what you're doing is so impressive, Dr. Green. And I wanted to talk about your book. I mentioned earlier that you are an author, and the title of your book is Please Teach Me Like I Am a Boy, 10 Steps to His Success in School and in Life. So tell us about your book and why you wrote it.
1: After I finished my dissertation, my sister said, well, why don't you write a book about all that's in it? She said, but please, she said, don't make it look like this dissertation with just a lot of words on a page. Yes. (laughs) She she has what she calls a boy brain, too. She likes lots of pictures. She likes lists and, you know, lots of space on the page. Plus, she was a teacher as well. She says, if you're going to write a book for teachers, they don't have time to read cover to cover. They just Mm -hmm. need a quick reference, a ready reference that gives them lists of ideas and lists of strategies, practical strategies, and and how it can be used. And Mm -hmm. not just teachers, but parents as well. Well, you know, I said, well, one of these days. Yes. In in the spring of 2020. COVID. (laughs) And they said, you can't go anywhere, you can't, you know, do anything. And so I said, well, you know what, I'm going to write that book. Mm -hmm. And so after a lot of prayer and supplication (laughs) to the Lord, okay, Father, let's do it. So just take that dissertation and turn it into a resource. My sister even helped me to title it, you know. Great. Great. Those little boys who are saying, please teach me like I'm a boy. Please understand that I don't learn the same way that the girls learn, that I don't act the same way, that I can't act the same way. Please teach me like I'm a boy.
0: Yes. Amen to that. And I was reading on the internet about your book, and you have more than 150 research-based strategies and practical ideas that will help boys and, of course, girls, too achieve more academically, socially, and morally. Those are a lot of strategies.
1: Would you share a couple with us? Oh, absolutely. The way the book is set up is in steps. And the first step is to build a bond with a boy. And to me, that is more important even than trying to teach him, because if you don't build a bond with a boy, he's mm-hmm. not going to want to hear what you have to say. And the way that you build a bond with a boy, well, look at how they build bonds with each other. You know, they play together. You know, they toss a ball together. You know, they joke with each other. You know, they even wrestle with each other or they bump <laughs> yes. Oh, they <laughs> punch each other, play yes. punch each other. You know, so you have to build whatever way you you can build a bond, learn his love languages. You know, the five love languages, learn the love languages of your son, of your male students, if you're a teacher. And yes. see what it is that they really attune to. And then the second step to me, critical is lead him to a salvation in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And the main way to do that as a parent, as a teacher, a Christian school teacher, uh, as a ministry leader, first of all, you have to realize that boys want heroes. Jesus wasn't some namby-pamby, you know. Exactly. He he fought demons. He stood up to bullies. He took out that whip and and defended his father's house. And also you have to kind of talk in, you know, boy language. You know, we turn to female language, when we say, well, Jesus wants to have a relationship with you. Well, men don't really talk like that to each other. They don't say, hey man, I want to have a relationship with you. (laughs) Yes. So we have to put it in boy talk. Jesus wants you on his team. He wants you on his team to come along beside him to help right the wrongs and fight the demons and fight the devils and help people. You know, that's what we have to do to, to make Jesus more boy friendly. <laughs> Another step is that you just have to understand how a boy learns, how he is made, that he can't sit still for long periods of time. Mm-hmm. So if you try to have that young man sit still with his hands folded, depending upon his age, for five or 10 or 15 or 30 minutes, his muscles actually start to cramp. You have to understand how he's made. Yes. And a chance to move. Boy's mm-hmm brains are wired for movement.
0: Yes. And going back to the quote that we started the podcast off about young men who are not restrained by a strong sense of morals have the enormous potential to do damage, but then the reverse. Talk about that. If they are constrained by strong sense of morals about knowing, feeling, and doing what is right, what happens then?
1: Oh, wow. Wow. That becomes powerful in God's hands. Yes. You know, a yes. young man who will one day grow up and marry a young woman and raise up his own children in the fear and admonition of the Lord. He becomes a powerful force to change this country. And you know what? The devil knows that. That's yes. Why the devil is out destroying our young boys. Mm-hmm. You know, if you remember back in Sunday school, when you learned about The Pharaoh, he wanted to throw the boy babies into the river. He knew if you destroy the males of a culture, you weaken the whole culture. And that's what's happening with our boys. So Mm -hmm. he's attacking our boys, keeping them from becoming those mighty men of God that they are destined to be.
0: I so agree with that. And and you said it so beautifully. So we're coming to the close, Dr. Green, already of the podcast. And it always goes so fast. And I want to make sure that the listening audience, again, I'm going to give the title, Please Teach Me Like I'm a Boy, 10 Steps to His Success in School and Life. And that's your book. And you also have a website, sacredboys.com. And what will the people who go to the website find?
1: they'll find online training that they can just sign up for, just sign up and it's free, absolutely free. I want to make all my training free. I'm in the process now of loading up my YouTube channel because we just started this summer. Yes. My YouTube channel with courses, you know, 50 minutes here, 50 minutes there. Teachers don't have a lot of time. Homeschool parents don't have a lot of time, but especially I want to say to the parents, if your son is in a public school or even in a Christian school and you he has a teacher who doesn't understand him, buy a copy of my book or mm-hmm. give your teacher my website and say, please, are you teaching my son like he's a boy? You're calling me all the time, telling me, you know, he's Complaining. Doing this, not doing that, teaching mm-hmm. like he's a boy.
0: Yes. And that's wonderful. And again, your website is sacredboys.com. And do you do any type of consulting work?
1: Absolutely. My joy is going out to schools, primarily Christian schools, parochial schools, to train their teachers because teachers aren't getting this kind of training in their undergraduate courses about boy-girl learning differences.
0: And do you do it over Zoom, the training, and in person or or how?
1: I do it both. Yes. I prefer in person, but I can also do it on Zoom.
0: And you actually are in the Maryland area. So- but like you said, you can do both. You're available. And I think, again, what you're teaching, what you're talking about is so critical. Being a mother of two sons and watching how boys are treated in the classroom. And and I'm a lawyer. I had mentioned to you, I'm a lawyer. And now in law schools, most of the students, more than half, are women. Mm-hmm. So, And you look at college, and I'm sure the same statistics apply where more and more women are going for higher education. So we have to wonder what is happening to our men. Um, So, but I'm a proud mother of two boys and my oldest son's a lawyer, his own choice. He decided to become a lawyer too. And my youngest son has an MBA. It's really very important for us parents to be alert and know what is happening in our schools. So thank you so much, Dr. Green. And uh, I, I know that what you have shared with us has given a lot of hope for parents to learn more about their sons and how to better educate them, as well as these, some of the similar things apply to girls. So thank you so much for joining us today. Have a wonderful rest of your day.
1: Thank you for having me, Zariah.
0: Thank you for joining me on my show, Be Convinced, as we share with you life-changing stories of hope. Please visit my Facebook page, Be Convinced VI, and like and follow me. I post weekly about upcoming radio shows and podcasts. Please also visit my website at SorayaDLCCofeld.com, where you will be able to read more about me and access my podcasts, which are all designed to give you a big dose of hope in just 30 minutes. Let's contemplate on what the great Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. once said, Use me, God. Show me how to take who I am, who I want to be, and what I can do, and use it for a greater purpose than myself.